Hello and welcome back to Off the Water, the podcast brought to you from the National Governing Body, RA Scotland. I'm Nikki Stewart and it's great to be back again behind the mic for this podcast where we hope to connect on a range of conversations that affect the boating community across Scotland. I'm very happy to introduce Lisa Linton as my co-host for this episode. Lisa, can you please tell our listeners a little bit about your role within our team? Hi Nikki, thank you very much for having me today. Uh, I'm the Development Manager at RIA Scotland. Um, part of my role is I look after the team of regional development officers who work with clubs and centres within the local areas. And we also look at a variety of opportunities around participation and development, how people can get involved in boating, how people can stay involved in boating and how we can make it a sport for life. So in this episode, we're going to be looking at equality and inclusivity. This is a topic that's really important to each of us individually, but also to RYA Scotland. We're really proud of being one of the first sports in the UK to reach advanced equality standard. But we can't stop there and we must continue to learn and understand our community and what we need to do to make our sport more inclusive and available to all. We are really pleased to have two new people join our organisation recently and we're keen to bring them onto the podcast to share a conversation on their thoughts of equality and inclusion around our sport giving a perspective around their own experiences. It's great to have Georgia Moran, the Regional Development Officer for the East, and also Robin Phillips, the Training Development Officer, join our team. With International Women's Day a couple of weeks ago, gender and sport was a key topic, but the conversation also explores other areas where we need to make some improvements. Before we get into the discussion, I wanted to share a quote from Vernay Myers. Diversity is being invited to the party. Inclusion is being asked to dance equality as being part of the planning committee. I think this is really important to understand the difference of each of these words and consider the experience on the individual who's getting involved with the activity, the group, the sport or whatever it might be. Okay, now let's go over to Robin and Georgia. Like we're both new to um, sort of our way Scotland. I've only known you sort of a month now. Someone that's new to our way Scotland and as a new person to the sport as well. You know, why is this topic important to you? I know you've got quite a lot of background in it, but yeah, I was just wondering your take of why Why do you feel that this is important? Like you said, I've, I've got quite a background in, in this kind of equality work inclusion. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Georgia. Um, I'm the Regional Development Officer for the East. I am new to the sport, um, but I'm definitely not new to sport. Sport's been a big part of my life uh, growing up and Obviously, now I work in it, which is great. I came from the student sector. I worked as a sabbatical officer, which is a lot of kind of development work for university sport and things like that, which led me to get involved in Scottish student sport, and a, which kind of brought me into the world of equality and inclu inclusion and, and all that work around sports development. I founded the Women in Sport cohort or strand of Scottish student sport. We... we started a full group and there's a committee there now which is really exciting doing some really good work within the student sector yeah now now I'm in this role and um, like Robin said we're both new to the roles that we have but we're definitely not new to sport definitely Robin is not new to sailing chatting to Robin and getting to know you over the past month it's interesting because we've had similar experiences in the sporting world but just a very different Sports. So background, I'm hockey um, through and through, football through and through, definitely not water sports, but I love water sports. I've done them plenty of times, but it's been interesting when we've been talking about 
our experiences young girls growing up in sport and what we've experienced and and the inequalities that we've experienced as women and how now we have come into these roles and we want to make sure that we are pushing forward and making sure that that these types of things aren't happening for the young women and women in sailing as well as, as sport so Robin give a bit of background I'm sure the majority of people listening will know your name but give, give yourself a wee background that that's just my background. Yeah so I am as Georgia said also new to the RA Scotland team I've just taken on the role of training development officer uh, and yeah I've kind of I've always been engaged with sailing from before I can remember um, and so I guess why this is important to me is I can get quite frustrated at times with the perception of our sport. I think quite unusually, and this is something we've kind of, would be interesting to hear about your experiences through sport, but I would say I probably haven't necessarily experienced massive amounts of personal barriers to my own engagement in the sport, um, be that being female, you know, I fit into the very stereotypical image of our sport and I was brought up in a in a sailing family that had me out on the water before I can remember. But I do get frustrated that, you know, if that's not necessarily your background, actually the sport can feel very out of reach. And some of that's perception, some of that's the history of the sport. And I was kind of really keen to sort of, you know, delve into that because, you know, I I don't struggle with being a, a female in our sport, but I'm aware that that's largely down to the background um, that I've I've grown up in. Um, and I think another strand of this is actually when you go past kind of junior and youth sport and you go into kind of coaching, instructing officials within our sport, actually there's still a massive imbalance there. And I'm not saying we need to get rid of the guys, but it would just be nice to have a slightly more kind of balanced perspective and, and engagement there. Yeah, I think going back to your point on perception, obviously not coming from a sailing family, sailing background. I knew people in school that sailed. Um, it's always I've always known it was a sport, and and obviously I pay attention in, in all sport. Um, I'm a big watcher of sport, but yeah, the perception of of sailing and and the boating community and the RYA is 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 what it is. And I obviously coming into this role has opened my eyes to a sport that yes I knew it was there but I wasn't fully aware of everything that was going on obviously internally but also externally with the clubs and you hear of obviously little bits of inequalities throughout the sport but as 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 I've been here for a month or so now month and a half I think um there's definitely a lot more women involved in these leadership roles within the clubs than I ever expected. Um, and that's just because of my perception of the sport and the outsider per, um, perception of the sport. It's been really, really interesting for me to work with yourself, Robin, and, and people people like yourself who are running these clubs and these committees. Yeah, it's been, it's been interesting um, coming into a sport that I didn't really know much about and learning from the ground up really which is obviously exciting I love a challenge but yeah that point on perception it's been really great to see a lot of women really influencing the sport especially within our organization but also within the clubs themselves. We have a golden opportunity to begin to restore the balance. It is time to remove the blindfold from Lady Justice so that we all might hear and see clearly a way forward. And I think that kind of leads us to 
when we're talking about kind of inclusion and quality, obviously the obvious one for us is kind of women in sport is sort of seeing the progression there. And I think it has made great strides in sort of recent years. And there's been some kind of really exciting developments um, within sailing itself. We've had some amazing role models, both in terms of you go back to what, say, 2001 with Ellen MacArthur sort of coming second in the Vendée Globe at that point to our Olympic team, which had some fantastic performances from female athletes Athletes uh, before that, kind of Tracy Edwards. And now things like um, the engagement in women and stuff like the COTP program um, as well. There's, you know, there is a lot of progress going forward. But I think the reason why it's still a topic that's up is a lot of those people are coming from you know, backgrounds like we've discussed of, I think both of our families engaged us in sport from a very young age. I think had we not had that kind of engagement, we might have been in that sort of massive group of kind of teenage girls, for example, that that don't feel like there's a place in sport for them. Equally as well, um, I don't think the conversation should be kind of limited to women in sport. I think a massive thing with the perception of sailing as well is that it's it's you know it's an expensive uh inaccessible sport and i think that is something that we haven't been so good at breaking down but i think that there is still a big perception part and when you actually understand the ins and outs of the sport that that side of stuff can get broken down a little bit and then obviously you've got kind of inclusion of those with additional needs lgbt communities and things like that that i wouldn't say at the moment kind of a particularly sort of engaged with our, our sport as a whole and i know you've done uh, a lot of work with through your previous roles just going back to your your point there about we are obviously talking about women in sport international women's day is already gone um on monday the 8th of march um, these things are super important. The women in sport conversation across the world will never end um, until we're all equal and maybe that'll happen one day, who knows. But it's Scotland-wide and, and globally, just for a second, outside of sailing, this conversation is happening in every sport. There's even sports that are female-dominant that are still looking at female participation at a younger level and then at an older level getting more older women involved getting young kids involved I've been really obviously involved in the Scotland wide stuff which has been really interesting for me is that we used to have um, different campaigns about women in sport across um, the UK and things like that you'll you'll see there's lots of different organizations out there like uh, Scottish Women in Sport and we have the Women and Girls in Sport Advisory Board of the government which is where a lot of the the research and conversation happens about women in sport in Scotland more specifically part of what I'm doing is I've created a national campaign for women in sport called she can she will people have heard of that because it came down from the government but we've tried to make it a thing we've got logos we've got all that sort of stuff so we're starting to push that out there this year but I suppose my point is that this conversation really has kind of ramped up over the past what 10 years maybe I don't know when we were younger it probably wasn't as big a conversation one thing that's really important for me and I've been thinking about a lot more recently is um, women in sport with a focus on the media. Um, so I've been doing a lot of kind of research in the background and, and listening to a, a hell of a lot of podcasts um, about women in sport. There's some absolute amazing ones out there. 
one thing I'd love to see for sailing and again not being from the sport I'm I've never been that young girl that was looking for a, a, an older athlete whether it was an Olympic athlete or whoever that was a woman I've never been looking for that role model but that's something that's really interesting is that role model piece we see that in all other sports look at women's football women's football has skyrocketed over the past couple of years especially in Scotland because we got to the World Cup like that's just unreal um absolutely um and taking the the USA women's football team they have just gone absolutely through the roof with their media and all that and they have just got they are just every single person in that team is a role model I would love to see that type of thing with sailing and throughout Scotland I think we could really really do that Scotland's a really interesting nation because we are smaller and we do have some incredible athletes so that's something really cool to think about and to think about in your clubs for whoever's listening role models within your committee there's a lot of like I said earlier there's a lot of women doing some incredible work in your committees can we can we make them a bit more of a role model can we shout about them can we celebrate them and that's a conversation that we need to have as well like we want to celebrate our women and and we want to celebrate our younger women and that are doing our sport there's some, some incredible younger athletes out there that I'm just getting to know now I'm in total agreement because I think you know it is something that bit by bit more mainstream media is picking up but for example, the reason why I would say I'm sat here talking with uh, in a position where I found it easy to feel included within the sailing community was my family's background. Like I grew up with, you know, Tracy Edwards picks, Ellen MacArthur's picks, you know, these people. My mom was actually like passing on every bit of information she could to me about these sailors. Shirley Robertson was another prime example of an Olympic athlete. As I was growing up, there was like, you know, just literally like I was exposed so much to what they were doing what they were up to that it you know I never questioned whether it was something that you know women could do yeah okay you can sail around the world but girls can't really so I thought well we're not going to get anywhere with getting girls on boats and getting out there and enjoying this this fantastic racing unless we change something so I came up with the idea of an all-female crew really to prove once and for all you know, the girls can sail around the world and we can sail just as well as the guys. But I don't think that's the case in kind of the wider community. There's not the awareness of, of these sailors and, you know, there's now thankfully kind of much more springing up. So stuff like the Magenta Project, uh, the Maiden Factor are probably two of the biggest kind of global campaigns within the sailing community to raise awareness of women within our sport and stuff like athletes now participating in the sale GP program is super exciting um, and I just think we need to keep the word um, you know filtering down um, I'm super lucky in the in the little pocket of the northeast that I've sort of spent my time in Scotland in and that actually um, straight away some of the real kind of key drivers of the sailing community up here are also women um, which is amazingly exciting but that's not not the case everywhere and I think as you said it's might feel a little bit awkward or a bit strange first of all but shouting about what what's happening just again helps ease that perception that of what our sport is and the type of people that that do our sport because it's it's not necessarily true and it'll make other women sort of feel more yeah more comfortable with the concept of taking part and, and getting engaged with our sport as well so kind of when I was looking into a bit of the research and stuff and I know Nikki and uh, Lisa already kind of chatted about the differences between equality and inclusion the quote that I found was like inclusion refers to an individual's experience within wider society and the extent they feel valued or included and the extent that point 
is I think the one that's kind of really important to sort of understand how someone else's experience might differ from yours so you might be sort of like an adult sailor at a sailing club being like ah you know a sailing club's friendly our sailing club's kind of welcoming and yeah we wouldn't have a problem with any individual coming and taking part but I guess where I'd like to now sort of dive our conversation into and this can kind of expand on from the women in sports stuff into other areas is are we good as a community at thinking about how someone else's experience they come around will differ from our little little sailing world bubble that we're so used to and there is yes yeah, certain stereotypes probably white middle class that spring to mind and are we putting ourselves in other people's um shoes for that and you know I think I'd quite like to said take this down the route of you know, people with additional needs so, um, and down the kind of LGBT community and, and the kind of campaigns that might be available and stuff that we can look at in terms of including those aspects of our community. Because I think we have made good strides on the women in sports stuff. That's gaining momentum. It just needs to continue. But there's other areas as well that we can work at as a sport. Um, again, your perspective coming in sort of totally new to, to this sport. Just in my previous roles, inclusion was a, a, a major part of that, everything from disability inclusion, LGBTIQ plus people, um, ethnically diverse groups. Um, mental health is a really a huge conversation that kind of, for me, st- comes under the equality inclusion um, bracket or, or strands of work. Um, like you said earlier, there's people from disadvantaged backgrounds that look at sailing and think, wow, I can't afford that, whereas the, it, you probably could. And, and there's ways to, to get around that. But just to take a couple of examples, I think the main one for me that I've worked on and, and done pockets of work is LGBT people and and allowing them the safe space and making them feel included at university level. Um, within the university sports sector, that was a huge, a huge drive from Scottish student sport. Yeah, so a lot of the work I've done uh, within the LGBT community, um, we did a lot of work on Rainbow Laces, which is a really interesting campaign that I'd love to bring into the to the RYA and and look at how we could make that sailing specific. Um, obviously, Rainbow Laces, the connotation is you need to wear shoes with laces in it, and it's all about football boots and all that kind of thing. But there's so many different creative ways. We had people putting laces in their hair and, and all this type of stuff. There's so many different things you can do. And I know the um, RYA Scotland did the Sign the Flag campaign, which obviously you could touch on a wee bit, Robin. But it's really interesting to see when I was researching the RYA before, I knew that there was some incredible equality work going on. So that really drew me to this position and drew me to this governing body. But one thing that we wanted to highlight, Robin, was that there's so many different workshops out there and there's so many different things happening that your club and your centre can get involved in. There is so many organisations out there like Leaps, um, Leap Scotland, Stonewall Scotland and UK. Uh, there's LGBT Youth Scotland. There's so many places that you could go to, and there's a lot of free training. There's a lot of free resources that you can get involved in. And and for me, as as the new development officer, that's a really interesting one for me. Is that I want to be able to go to my clubs and say, look, LGBT um, Youth Scotland are doing X, Y, and Z. Should we get involved? Let's do this. Let's make our clubs open and and, ex- and everyone's accepted. Everyone should be involved in this sport. And we just want to drive people to our sport because we love our sport. Our clubs 
are doing some incredible stuff. But yeah, I suppose that, that's just an example of, of some kind of workshops that are going on. If your club is interested after chatting, listening to us chat today, these are conversations that all of the RYI Scotland team will have and are really excited to have. Yeah, I think um, the Sign the Flag campaign um, was was really good. And through that, I know organisations like we um, up here in the northeast, we had folk come through from LGBT, LGBT Scotland to you know, just do some workshops and, and get us thinking. Because I think a lot of a lot of people initially might think, well, you know, our club is open, like, um, you know, that's fine, like, well, good. Like, I don't see why why they don't feel included. Um, but it goes that to back to the extent that and understanding, you know, someone from that community's experience and how it might have how it might have differed through to yours through life. And I think even though I've got kind of family members within that community that those workshops actually really opened up my eyes to, you know, actually you've got to try and sort of understand that where people are coming from and actually why they might not feel welcome initially. It's not trying to sort of, you know, ram stuff down people's throats, should we say, but it's just kind of opening up that awareness of, you know, someone else's perspective is going to be quite, quite different to yours. And although you feel like your little bubble is quite welcoming, maybe there is a little bit of extra awareness that can go a long way in terms of you know helping people feel included and ultimately as George has kind of alluded to the end result of that is we get more people enjoying the sport that we that we love um, which I think is kind of is super important. Another kind of really exciting area that is kind of slowly growing is a few different organizations are, are kind of getting to grips with it is sort of assisting people with additional needs to get out on the water as well and I think it's incredible the options we have within boating to actually give people experiences that they that they can't access sometimes in the rest of the day-to-day life just by the pure thing of focusing on what someone can do and not what they can't do. I'm paralyzed from the neck down yeah. is kind of the, the reality but when I um, with sailors I just feel like another sailor. How cool is that? That's fantastic. That's all I want to be known for. I don't want that tag, you know, no. disabled sailor. I just want Hillary Lister sailor. That's fine. So I know there's some amazing work with sailability at Castle Semple. Um, there's a few other organisations like Able to Sail, the Seagull Trust, and I know up at Aberdeenshire Sailing Trust. Obviously, my kind of background's been hugely involved with them for the last five, six years, really supporting yet another group of people to feel kind of more included on the water. And the kind of difference that I can make, for example, to a young person with autism is is incredible to watch. And I, I don't know kind of what the student sport community were, were doing along these lines, but I think I feel really excited about, you know, how much potential that has to, to grow within Scotland. I've been involved in little pockets of disability inclusion work, albeit not not a, not a huge amount. Um, so I'm in no means an expert, but this definitely is something that I'm looking to speak to my clubs about and and obviously speak to our team about because there is some amazing stuff going on that I just I didn't know about like Robin's just talked about the stuff up at um, AST it's just amazing to hear of what they're doing and there's so many other clubs already doing that and is it that we take a couple of clubs and, and do a couple of best practice webinars or workshops to show the other clubs that are looking to do things like this clubs and centres that are really keen to to involve um, people with additional needs and really get stuck into that side of things. 
is there a way that we can do that best practice so that they can see how AST did it or they can see how Castle Simple did it or whatever it is. And within the student sector, just from my own knowledge, Scottish Disability Sport have, re have really worked amazingly well with some of the universities in Scotland and there's been some amazing work done and they are an organisation that we continue to work with and I'm really excited to see where that goes and, and, and it's a really important thing to be thinking about all the time. All these different areas, so women in sport, LGBT, ethnic diverse groups, low income households and disability inclusion, it's so important to be talking about at every single level so me and you are here today to talk about our experiences and and what we've picked up along our our years in sport and our years and our months now working in this organization and we are here to make sure that these groups of people are included at every possible possible point of of our sport and of our organization and one thing that just kept, i wanted to pick up there is what you were saying is that yes these things are super important, but we're not just going to come into your club and go, right, you need to do this, this and this, because we said so. That's definitely not the way to go about this type of work. This type of work is all education based. If we know for a fact that in every sport, there are people out there that just don't quite under, understand these areas of, of conversation and these, these groups of people and that is 100% okay, but what we need to do as an organisation, as well as a community of our clubs and centres, we need to educate these people to show them that everyone should be involved in our sport because it's so amazing. And we want to just educate these people. So that's why we're talking about things like workshops and webinars and these types of things to, to just teach and, and educate these people to, to all in all make our sport the most inclusive place that it could be. Yeah, I totally agree. And for me, I kind of think of it like, you know, it's so easy to be in that bubble of other people that are like you and have grown up with similar experiences to yourself. And, you know, it's it's not deliberately being exclusive, but it's it's something that's so easy to get to get sucked into. And the more we can have kind of conversations about it, um, the better in terms of just, yeah, opening up our eyes to sort of gradually making a difference and seeing more people kind of getting out and just yeah, trying to put ourselves in, in other people's shoes a little bit. Um, and you alluded there to kind of quite a crux question for the sport. Uh, at one point in that got onto this kind of, you know, the exclusivity in terms of the financial barriers that, that sailing has as a sport and might put you on the spot here a little bit. But, you know, as a newcomer in at the moment, what's your perception? of whether sailing would be a financially accessible sport what's your perception of you know how easy it would be to find the information to make it more financially accessible it's interesting um coming into this sport and just with people i i, I knew people when I was growing up that had boats and you just you just automatically think to yourself wow that's that's expensive like where's the money coming from and it's like you know everyone's everyone's in their own their own backgrounds their own situations but I think for me coming into the sport obviously the perception is like you've said that it is uh, expensive it's way more expensive than it is to go and down on a 
Thursday and Saturday and play football you know what I mean and I would still say that it's not obviously the cheapest sport on the planet but it's definitely now that you and other um, people in our organization have opened my eyes I wouldn't say that it is a hugely expensive sport because yes there are people out there in our clubs and our centers and in our sport that are spending thousands and thousands of pounds on boats and things like that and that's absolutely fine but at the grassroots level of our sport it really there are so many opportunities to get involved for free slash very small amount of money there are so many clubs i've been speaking to about membership payments and, and and membership prices and things like that and there's some out there that are are buttons like i know loads of clubs that have for example their junior membership is effectively uh, a month of a mobile phone contract like you know so i think as well the other comparison that i like to make is so you know sort of cycling's been hugely popular in the last kind of three four years and really been driven by everything that's been going on uh, just because it has been kind of easy to get out on your bike but the comparison when it comes to sort of bikes and sailing is you know you can spend thousands on a bike do you need to to get into the sport and to enjoy it and enjoy the benefits that being out on a bike gives you no and actually with the right information sailing is very very similar in that extent in that you can spend thousands on certain types of boats and stuff as well but there are fun accessible boats and your classic examples are things like lasers toppers um and that kind of stuff uh, for example i sail a laser 4000 so two-person asymmetric peace boat and um, between myself and my helm that was kind of 450 pounds each to get a boat that has been very low maintenance, that is an awful lot of fun to sail. Um, and you know, we were both coming out of university when we got it, so it didn't have a lot of disposable income. And you know, that's been my personal route into boat ownership the last kind of 10 years. Um, it is possible. Kit as well. There's some fantastic groups up now. Um, Dingy Bits and Bobs for Sale on, on Facebook is an amazing exchange group for secondhand kit. I think people hopefully becoming much more aware of the importance of well environmentally it's quite good as well making sure kits reused and passed on but i think it's vital that our community sort of help spread the word on that that front that you know you don't have to spend vast amounts of money to get set and that there are organizations trying to make it accessible um i guess the other really interesting one on that point is the perception of kind of keelboating and yachting as kind of the super supreme expensive end of the sport but you look at sort of access to kind of small sports kind of keel boats such as the 707s and that kind of stuff like the match racing kind of scene that you're engaged with at university and actually there's fleets there that allow access to sailing relatively cheaply and there's a reason why the university students use those kind of fleets quite a lot is because it is providing a more accessible very fun route into the sport and I guess, you know, when we were talking about shouting about kind of women within our sport as well, I think as a community, we, you know, we don't want it to turn, like we want to move against that kind of one-upmanship of, oh, I've just bought this new shiny toy. Yeah, that's fun. That's excitable. But I think in terms of inclusion, we've really got to get quite proactive about shouting about the most accessible aspects of our sport as well. And if someone's new in, doing everything we can to ensure that they can get hold of some kit and the right stuff so that they're comfortable enjoy the sports because yeah we're dealing with the weather in scotland up here so the right kit does make a lot of difference to your enjoyment of the sport but with the support of the rest of the community it doesn't have to be 
sort of expensive yeah I particularly enjoy kind of like I'm pretty small so I have still fit a lot of kind of like teenage age stuff and it's amazing what you can pick up secondhand for super cheap to get yourself kitted up you just kind of hit the nail on the head there a lot of what we've talked about today is about equality inclusion inequalities that we have suppose faced or witnessed or know about within our sport and our respective sports um outside of for me outside of sailing and I just wanted to touch on a kind of final point I suppose is that we as an organization and within our clubs and centers we want to change the perception of sailing and the boating community because as much as we are in it now and we know that the majority of it isn't true and the perceptions are false one thing that I want to to try and achieve and and to push our organization as well as the clubs and centers to achieve is is changing that perception and yes it will take time changing a culture and changing a perception is not an easy thing to do and I think our way Scotland and our clubs and centers have done some amazing work within these these areas already and it's just about keeping the momentum and building on it and just keep changing the perception because if we change that and work towards a more inclusive environment, a more in equal environment for our sport, our membership will rise, our our athletes will get better, we'll get more, we'll just scream and shout about our sport and people will listen and people will think, yes, I want to do that, that's what I want to get put into as a kid. And we'll have more younger people involved, more young women involved. It's just about pushing forward now. We're in 2021, it's a new year. Yes, the year has not started the way that most of us would have wanted it to. We are in an age of people that just want to make the world an inclusive and happy place, I suppose. And I think the kind of the young people coming through that are going to be the future of our sport, these areas are so important to them. Like they're super aware of this kind of stuff in a way that, yeah, maybe older generations aren't like aren't in some sense and they're you know it it's relevant and they care about it um i think it's quite interesting as well that through this conversation we've alluded to kind of occasionally a couple of campaigns but that hasn't been the purpose i think for me when i I look at these areas obviously we're used to we're now in an age of seeing this campaign that campaign and a lot of people can be quite cynical about the impacts that a campaign for a day or so or like a statement can have uh, and I think it's quite right to be cynical. And I hope that the message that we've portrayed across is actually it's more about that kind of longer term sort of change of culture and self-awareness of the bubble within the community that's going to make the kind of long term difference. And for me, I definitely feel like I know, like, you know, we want to be an open, welcoming community. And it's it's those things that will help us achieve that, not necessarily like a one off kind of statement campaign and I hope that's kind of come through with the discussion of like and how we've ended up talking about stuff as well because I think it is definitely a thing that people are cynical about these days. Yeah I definitely agree I think go back to last year and still continuing in in the states the Black Lives Matter movement that uh, quite rightfully came over to the UK but the amount of the amount of people in the UK and obviously globally that were really not on board and we're really kind of negative about that movement is just to me and my um, personal opinion baffling that we are still in an age where racial injustice is in everyday life 
and and me and you have never experienced that and I'd never try to speak about that in a way that I knew what I was talking about but that was really interesting to see how many people reacted negatively to that movement just as an example but yeah I totally I totally agree I've done a lot of campaign work over the years and I do love campaigns I love getting out there and and doing the statement orientated stuff wearing rainbow flags rainbow laces all these types of things the she can she will campaign that I'm running is a campaign that is what it is and it is hugely important to do that type of thing but like you said that education piece that is so so important if we don't start educating people and we don't start talking about these things at a grassroots level then the the sport and the culture and the perception will never change so it's got to then be that long-term burning that makes makes the change I think it's been really interesting um working with the pioneer project with our Scotland because in one sense that has been kind of described as quite a, a slow burning project in one sense in that it's a it's a community of people that are doing really good work within the boating community. But the reason for that kind of slow burn is actually it's been much more about a support network and, you know, building confidence and sharing experiences to then help make a difference in our communities rather than a statement campaign. And so that's been super interesting because I think when I initially signed up, you know, you're expecting to be like, ah, yeah, we're going to go and do this project, achieve this number by this point. But actually that's kind of short-term efficient but long-term not very effective and so effectively what I see has grown from that kind of couple of years that we've been involved with it is actually now I have a community of kind of like-minded people wanting to make a difference to what's going on and a support network and and personally that's a really really good thing for confidence and just feeling like you're not yes fighting the battle by yourself wonder what your thoughts are on that yeah absolutely I think using the pioneer group as an example coming into this role has been great that I've been able to get straight involved with that with that group of of women and that's really exciting that the stuff that we're doing at at the moment like you said it's that short-term support network that short-term and talking about what's going on and and coming up with a couple of things to work on what you just said there is 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 hugely important that long-term short-term thing is is so important and a final thought for from me is that if you're listening to this and and you're out there in a club or a center or one of our organizations and you're thinking right how can I get involved now and how can we do some of this work and and work with Georgia and Robin and obviously the rest of the team just get in touch with us get in touch with those local organizations those Scottish organisations that we've alluded to there's so many more out there obviously we've just talked about a couple that we know about we are here to support you and our boating and sailing community we are here to do some of this work in the background and work with your yourselves out there on these different topics and these different groups of people so keep changing the perception of our sport and making it more inclusive to people amazing working with you Robin over the past obviously month and a bit and I'm just it's great that we've started at a similar time because we do have similar ideas and similar experiences and this type of thing to really push on. Yeah exciting times away I think society is is changing and adapting and I think we're becoming more aware of that you know we're looking to have the conversations that help help our, our sport move along with that change and make sure as many people as possible can still enjoy it. Absolutely. Let's make sailing and boating the most inclusive sport out there.
That was a great discussion to listen to. Uh, what stood out for you? I think the discussion for me, Nikki, that both Georgia and Robin alluded to around that kind of slow burner rather than a one-off campaign was really pertinent to me because it's about changing a culture. And although we have as an organisation and community made some really good first steps with various initiatives, campaigns and programmes, such as the LGBT Youth Foundation Scotland, we need as a community to educate and support each other on fully embedding opportunities to get involved in our sport and activity and to shake off some of the perceptions that others may see of uh, sailing and boating within Scotland. Yeah, definitely. I think both Robin and Georgia covered, went into that into quite a lot of detail. And it's certainly something that is always in the back of our minds. And it's funny, we get we go to uh, other kind of Sports Scotland sessions and people see us and they're like, oh, yachting, coming in, wearing your boating shoes. And it's very easy to, to keep perpetuating those stereotypes as well, something it's important to be aware of, which I guess kind of brings me to one of the things that stood out to me was about Robin talking around understanding your bubble. And it's just so important that we consider how other people's experiences, how they might differ from our own and how that might impact that, their, that perception. Um, of our sport or it might affect their perception of what they can do as well. We need to recognise that other people's experiences are important and we need to ask questions rather than gloss over something and make some assumptions. And I think what this can do is help identify barriers that we might not see ourselves and it might be something we might understand or find out something that we hadn't really considered important. And this will help us grow our community and be more inclusive and make sure there's some more voices feeling like they belong. The topic of equality, inclusion and diversity is huge and needs to be ever present. As individuals and organisations, we have to work on this. We need to continue to learn about ourselves and others. Sometimes it'll be uncomfortable with either reflecting on your own personal biases or having to have challenging conversations but we need to put ourselves into these positions to be able to grow and develop. Thanks again for listening and please hit the subscribe button below or give us a like and leave a little review.